Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. This week I'm speaking with Phil Storey, the uh, founder of Glow, which is an IT maintenance uh, app that has been developed, something that's uh, new and unique really in the IT world, which is something very difficult to do these days. And we just have a conversation with Phil about to find out his background, his journey, um, the ups and downs he's had and what it takes to become a successful business owner. Before we get our discussion underway, I'd like to remind you of the business and personal support groups that I run called Breathing Spaces. These are confidential group sessions which meet monthly and explore the finer points of the business enjoyment model. Ultimately, I'm building a community of business owners who share my belief that there is more to success than just how much money you earn and want to help each other understand themselves and their businesses better. They're only £20 a month and costs nothing to attend your first one. There is also an open free version which runs every Monday morning at 9.30am, that's UK time. And that's been set up to respond to the pandemic and consequential uh, financial crisis. Uh, they've been dubbed Strive Sessions, a combination of Survive and Thrive, and they'll be running for as long as the need is there. To find out more, just go to my website, uh, businessenjoyment.com forward slash events. Um, a pop-up will appear, giving you the opportunity to get a free download of my webinar, How to Survive the Financial Crisis, with the guy that wrote the book on it. And behind that, all the meetings are listed, and you can click on each one to be taken to the relevant Eventbrite page to reserve your space. So do check that out, but for now, sit back, relax, see what tips you can pick up from Phil, and most of all, enjoy. Okay, thanks, Andrew. So my name's uh, Phil Story, and I've got a company called uh, Glow. So Glow is a unique app for website maintenance, so everything to do with maintaining your website. Um, we've got three audiences Glow. We've got, we've got businesses, so businesses that have a website that needs to be maintained, and then we have web developers who currently deliver website maintenance to their clients, but they're probably doing it in a bit of a disjointed way, over email, over text message on a Sunday afternoon when they're having a dinner, getting a text from the client, not great. Um, and then we've also got what we call our resellers, so these are marketing and creative agencies who, they're in a very similar sphere to us, but they don't deliver website maintenance as a service, it's not exciting, uh, it doesn't make the bits tingle. Um, and you know it's not the high ticket item basically so what they do is kind of white label our app to their um, to their customers and then our team do all the work in the background so we're really excited about it the app has only quite recently launched um, we've got some big plans for it over the next few years so um, yeah I'll just explain to Andrew uh, wasn't I off, off kind of off record that um, it's quite difficult in our industry to find something that's actually a little bit different because you know, from my desk in Leeds City Centre, I can chuck a tennis ball at 15 different web development and digital companies, no problem. Um, and they all basically do a very, very similar thing. It always amazes me when I, when I speak to somebody else and ask them what they do, and they say, oh, I've got a digital agency. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> Another one? <laughs> Hundreds of them. You just steam Leeds and Bradford. You should try going networking and find any coaches you meet. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, accountants. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's amazing. So you know, we're, we're excited basically because it's a good model. We're getting really good feedback from the people that we're talking to about it, and because it is just, it is a little bit different. Um, there are yeah. very, very few companies in the world really that focus entirely on website maintenance as a service. So, yeah. and just uh, for the total ignorance, which yeah. Probably, uh, probably fit in that category myself. When you say website maintenance, yes. What did you say? What do I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, so I think an, an easy way for the the novices or the lay person, Andrew, maybe like yourself, yeah, hand in the air, <laughs> um, to explain website maintenance uh, and the importance of it. I'll do that first, and then probably explain what it is after that, because I could go on and on and on about what actually is. Keep this all concise. Keep this. Yeah, I'll try and keep it concise. Think, think about maintaining your website a bit like your car. So you've just bought a new car or you've just leased a new car and you've got it for, I don't know how long the leases last these days, for four years, three, four years. So over the course of those three to four years, I would hope that you will clean it, you will put some air in the tyres, you'll service it, you'll MOT it or whatever you do these days to 
you know, keep a car running healthily. And the reason that you do that is because every time you come to get in your car to drive to your mum and dad's house or wherever you're going, you want to make sure that the wheels don't fall off when you're on the way. So it's about constantly maintaining it to make sure that it performs well. And your website's exactly the same. So it is wrong to think that you can invest in a new website and then for the entirety of that next four or five years before you get another website, that it's just going to run beautifully from day one. It's going to bring you tens of thousands of pounds worth of business. Happy days. Um, if only that was simple. But of course, it's technology. It's the internet. So there are many, many thousands, hundreds of thousands of geeky little people in bedrooms trying to hack your website. And it doesn't matter if your website is Google or Amazon or Glow or breathing spaces. There's people out there trying to hack it. So the importance of it is that we maintain it to make sure that it performs well, but also so that it stays secure and a host of other things to make sure that it's looking tip top for your business, basically. Okay, I'll give a give flavour. So, so okay. I, 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 you know, it's really interesting that you're, as you say, in a, in a dare I say, saturated market, as you as you alluded yeah. to. You know, there's so many yeah. around to actually come up with something which is different, innovative, yeah. uh, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's only just sure hopefully it'll be successful. Um, but that's a, that's a real challenge. So to, to get to that point, it doesn't just come overnight, does it? These these sort of things. So no. how how have you got to where you are now? What's your background and story? What's um, your Good question. So I think for, uh, I was about to say young lad, but <laughs> getting older, um, 33 year old lad, I think I've been through quite a bit in, in business. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've experienced a fair, fair amount. And, and certainly when it comes to actually, you know, the position I'm in today, that's massively been about the experiences that I've had over those years of having my own business and, you know, talking to clients, honing the service, using different pieces of software. But I guess it started, it started about 10 years ago now, actually. So my, my degree, I got a degree. I'm in Leeds because I went to Union Leeds, basically. But my degree was in building surveying, which oh, is about as far detached from <laughs> as it can get. But um, I only did that as a degree because my oldest brother did that as a degree. And I only came to Leeds because my oldest brother came to Leeds. So I basically just said, well, Ian's done that, so I'll just do that. Um, you know, I didn't, I had all the friends I needed at the age of 18 and I didn't want to do a degree. Anyway, I went and did it and copied him. And yeah, the dif difference between me and him is that he dropped out after a month and I. <laughs> <laughs> but he's very successful, he's doing very well now. He's got his own estate agents in Cheshire. So yeah, can't, can't complain. Um, but anyway, so I did the four years at uni, came out, then actually, funnily enough, started working for him in his estate agency for a while. Um, but I knew I didn't want to be an estate agent. And so, yeah, it was around about 10 years ago, I sort of set out thinking about, you know, I was 23 at the time. So what, you know, what can I do as a career? What would be a good thing to move into? I know I don't want to do building surveying anymore. It bores me to death. Um, and it quite genuinely came off the back of a phone call from a mate. So... Um, I was actually in the office working for my brother at the time and definitely shouldn't have been taking a phone call and chatting to me mate for half an hour, but I did anyway. And yeah, yeah. it's indication how much you enjoy yeah. your job anyway. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you, um, I'm sure you won't mind now. Um, yeah, and, and, and the mate that phoned me, so we were just having a chat, like obviously like mates do, and, and he'd only quite recently set up his own business as well and, and had just launched uh, the website. And... I had never considered web design, web development, the digital space at all, ever before that phone call. Took the phone call, had a chat, and just during the course of the chat, he went, oh, I think my new website's gone like today. Have a look. Let, you know, let me know what you think. And I was looking at his site. I remember it was a company called Filed Win Windows, because I'm from Blackpool originally, which is, so Blackpool's on the Filed Coast. So a company was called Filed Windows. And I was looking at the website, and I thought, hmm, this is, this is cool. I like that. And, you know, that's, I like the way that's laid out. And, this, that, and I thought, oh. Web design, I wonder if that's maybe I'll sort of look into that a little bit more, sort of thing. Um, so it's the first time you've ever seen a website, you know? <laughs> ah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it called the internet? <laughs> I don't what this does. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so strange, but I think, I don't know, I think it was it, it was kind of partly the fact I was working for my brother, he had his own business, his own thing going on. Chris rang me, he had his own business, his own thing going on, obviously told me about the website, and I thought, oh, okay, so web design. So I knew quite quickly that it's something I could probably do for myself to kind of get my own little thing going, because obviously Ian had inspired me quite a bit by having his own business. So 
So that was it, really. Yeah, that, the back of that phone call, probably, I don't know, September time, 2010. I'd quite recently come back from traveling around the world for a bit. Um, and then, yeah, I looked into things like home learning degrees and they just seemed very, very expensive. Although I did nearly sign up for one, actually. Um, carried on doing my research and then there were loads of places online that just said, just teach yourself. You know, here's a resource about how to learn HTML coding and here's a resource how to do this. And, and I did that. So I worked for my brother, I think it was six days a week and then came back after work every night and just studied coding for about a year, I think it was. Um, and got myself into a position where I felt like I could have the choice of starting my own business or at least applying for some jobs now. I've got like a, bit, a very kind of decent skill set in it, basic skill set, I guess. I was building websites for people I knew and stuff. So, And yeah, went the small business route, basically. So that was January 2013. I'm, just, I'm, I'm intrigued, just me. I'm in just a background... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a mathematician. I did math at Leeds University as well. And um, we did a bit of computer programming in, in, uh, in that course. And math is always sort of held up as being one of those things. You are, you're either into it or you're not kind of thing. And there is a spectrum, but you, you, some people get it and some people don't. And I always think the same thing with coding. And, and I can never get on with coding. And in theory, as a mathematician, I should be able to be, you know, at least fairly good at coding. No. Uh, we we did. I just look at it and I just go. I haven't got a clue. Couldn't work it out. Yeah. Couldn't get into yeah. it. So I'm intrigued that what, you know. Is there anything in your past that that sets you up to be the right kind of person to say? Do you know what? What I love doing is looking at a load of serial of numbers and things that's going to convert into something. Well, it, yeah. Well, it's definitely not that because I was no mathematician when I was you know teenager at school or whatever. It, it, I did okay, but it was I struggled with it. You know. Um, so yeah. So there's no kind of link to being you know. I'm not saying there is, but there, there'll be something in you that... Uh... I, think, I think it was more down to how I learned. I'm, I'm quite good. So I've got the, there's a marketing guy now that's come on board at Glow to help me and the business with you know, marketing strategy, content strategy, and all that sort of stuff. And I've been saying to him, look, I'm not great at the how do we get to, you know, exactly how do we get to where we've got to get to. I know where we've got to get to, but how we get there, I'm not brilliant at. But if somebody goes, here's how we get there, follow this process then I'm pretty good at that and, and, I, and I think and I think that's why I took to coding pretty easily I'm not this is not super complex coding by the way I'm not you know uh, what's his face Edward Snowden crap the CIA or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I can code pretty well and I think it's really it's, it's probably credit to um, this particular website that I learned everything from which is called lynda.com and I still, I, still recommend, I still recommend it to this day, L-Y-N-D-A.com. Anybody that's looking to learn some kind of digital-related skill, it's an amazing resource for it, and that's where I learn everything. And I think the, the, the kind of uh, lecturers or teachers or whatever you call them on there, the way that they structured those courses was just fantastic. So I just followed that process. Start here, do that course, move on to this course. It was a bit brilliant, and LinkedIn have bought that website now, so every credit to that woman that set it up. It's an amazing resource. So I think it was more down to, yeah, the fact that I was following a process and what exactly what we were talking about off, uh, off air, so to speak, before I started recording, wasn't it? That process was there. I followed yeah. it, and I achieved what I was looking to achieve. And that's what I'm looking for. You know, there's always something in us that allow... Can we make, as you say, you've never heard of web designing, but actually knowing that your skills are good at following processes allows you to yeah. uh, do whatever you want to do. As long as you find the right process to do it, it'll get you where you want to do. Right, do this. Fantastic. Boom. Away I go. And, and I think that's why, um, that's why places like BNI work for me quite well, because it's a very structured, process-oriented environment. Love it or hate it. So BNI is like a worldwide referral networking organization, if you don't know what it is. But... Some people love it, some people hate it. And I, I, but I've been a member of it since January 2013, pretty much. I joined straight away. It was um, the bank manager at Barclays in Blackpool that told me about it. So I kind of, you know, I read that, oh, I need to write a business plan, yeah, yeah. I need to open a bank account, so I need a business plan for that. I went down to the bank for a meeting with the, what was his bloody name now? I can't remember. Uh, the bank manager. And um, I'd written this, what I thought was a beautiful business plan. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he was like, yeah, that's really detailed, very good. How are you going to get clients? And I said, 
I have no idea. <laughs> Absolutely not a diddly squat how to actually get clients and run a business. If I just run a business, don't they just come? <laughs> They'll look now. Where, where are they pushing? Um, but no, he was, I mean, again, you talk about life moments, brilliant bit of advice that that, that guy gave me that I've not seen, that I've not seen for six or seven years. And um, yeah, he said, well, here's, have you, you know, have you heard of networking? And I had heard of networking through working for my brother because he'd come and done a few things. Um, and he wrote down a list of networking events in Blackpool. One of them was BNI. And he just said, well, if you can get into any of them, try and get into BNI because it's a very structured environment. It's, they only let one um, type of business into each group. So there's kind of 20 people there that can all patch you work. And I thought, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, so I inquired that afternoon, I inquired for the local BNI group in Blackpool. And look had it for me at the time in that the the web designer in the group had just literally just left that week um i say left she'd actually switched category from web design to tattoo removal artist which was an interesting change but still a um, sort of aesthetic arty type thing going on yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Max instead of uh, on screen um yes yeah, so no that was really good timing and, and yeah i just i was into that environment of 25 local businesses in blackpool none of whom were web designers. And I thought, well, this is just far too good an opportunity to, to, to pass up on. So I borrowed 600 quid off my mum and dad and yeah, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of income from BNI over the years. So it was a good move. But yeah, coming back to kind of how I've done it, I guess, again, that BNI, it is a, a process-driven organisation, isn't it? So I think that's probably why it suits me quite well. Yeah. 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 So, um, so um idea from nowhere just get in learn it research it just get on and do things fall yeah. BNI, start getting some clients start building business is moving where do you go from there so that was yeah that was uh yeah early part of 2013 i was living in blackpool so i'd, I'd, been, I'd already been to leeds and done union moved back home to blackpool but i always knew i wanted to come back to leeds because let's face it there's far more on offer in leeds than there is in blackpool <laughs> unless you love um, <laughs> Yeah, theme parks and Victorian uh, attractions. Um, but no, no, Leeds, Leeds, I've always loved Leeds, so it was, it was good to come. So I did actually move back to Leeds at the back end of that year. So I, I, yeah, I was only kind of in business in Blackpool for about probably about eight or nine months. Um, so it was about, I think it was October, November time, 2013. And I was, I was back into Leeds, but I was in a city where I literally didn't know anybody at all in Leeds at the time. So... Clearly, I was already already used to sort of networking in Blackpool, so that was the very first thing that I did was set out and go and visit a load of networking groups, basically. But I'd very recently, before that, been to a um, like an exhibition in London called the, I think it was called the the Startup Business Show or the Business Show or something like that. massive event, and there was a guy there talking called Brad Burton. So Brad Burton started this networking organisation called 4N, which I know you know, Andrew. And the guy's a, a nutter. <laughs> he's a nutter, but he's a phenomenally successful business person. And I was stood at the back of that little kind of room where he was talking, thinking, Jesus Christ, this guy is mad. But the stuff he was saying was making a lot of sense to me. He was just delivering it very differently to how everybody else delivers it, basically, which is, I guess is partly why he was so successful. Um, so obviously off the back of his talk, I found out that he was from an organisation called Four Networking. So I went to find their stand, uh, had a chat to them. I said, have you got any events in, are there any networking events in Leeds? Like, yeah, all over the country. Um, so yeah, came back from London uh, to Leeds and, and visited, yeah, as many Foreign events as I could really, because although I'm not a member of Foreign now, it, it was a brilliant place for me to just get to know some people in business in Leeds who then start to get to know me and, and obviously the whole point of networking is building up those relationships and regularly meeting people and, you know, getting to know them on a deeper level. So through regularly attending 4N and BNI and other events here and there, that kind of grew my network to what it is today, really. Um, absolutely invaluable experiences in networking. Just vital, I think, if you're setting up a small business, absolutely vital to locally network. Yeah. Um, so, so that was kind of 2013 and then 2014 as well in Leeds, kind of just kept, kept building my, my business. 
it was still just me at that point. And then at the end of that year, I took on my first member of staff, Sam, who I'll never forget because he was my first member of staff. Um, <laughs> great lad, lovely personality, brilliant developer. Took him on as an apprentice and he ended up leaving and joining a um, you know, big digital agency in Leeds City Centre, which is exactly what I would have done if I was him at his age. Um, but it, yeah, that, that, that's, it's kind of a thing that I don't, I, I would imagine a lot of small business owners would probably recall their first member of staff it's quite a moment where you are at long last relinquishing a bit of control um you know to somebody else to kind of keep your baby going um so it's a big leap mixes of emotion because one it's great that someone can do the work for me but on the other hand it's a case of fear of them messing up and and you've got to yeah. be responsible now and it's like it's like having a child you know <laughs> exactly yeah um anyway it was it was 17, 18, I think, Sam at the time. So, you know, <laughs> one lad. Um, but, and, you know, quite shy in a time to begin with, obviously. But, you know, you would be as an apprentice, wouldn't you? But it was so good. Um, it, it was, and it was the right move for me as a business owner, you know, to let some of it go. And let's face it, it was a better coder than me anyway. So it's obviously a right, the right decision. But I could get out and continue to grow the business and, and, and meet people. There was a guy that I, I went to a seminar, a guy was running when I first set up. And he said, if you want more sales, you've got to meet more people. And that's always stuck with me. It's, it's true. Get out there and get in front of more people and start talking to them, building that relationship with them. So, so having Sam on board allowed me to do more of that, basically. Um, and then, yeah, so then I, I had a business coach at the time, which was kind of um, through this program that was actually, was actually being run in Lancashire at the time, in, in, out of Preston University. Um, it's one of these that was funded by the European Union, so it gave kind of business owners access to various different things like business coach or funding or or whatever it was. And a guy called Peter, my business coach, great guy, and uh, yeah, still in touch with him to this day. Um, and we were obviously working a lot on where's the business going, how are we going to get there, what's the plan, and all that sort of stuff. And it coincided with a time where I'd met somebody in business through 4N who ended up becoming my business partner. And, you know, in that person, I saw somebody older than me, somebody who's been there, been in big business, big clients, you know, very well connected, generally, seemingly in the area. So I thought, well, golden opportunity here to grow the business much faster than I was going to do it by myself, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do remember Peter being very cautionary with his words. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at the time I was considering doing it, um, he was like, well, you know, and he was very, well, uh, basically, let's cut the shit, he was basically telling me not to do it, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, he thought I should have stayed on my own and continued the path I was on, but I'm one of those that, when, when the idea's in, and I've sort of convinced myself of the positives and that there aren't any negatives... <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm two feet in, basically. Probably a bit better nowadays. I think I'm a bit better nowadays. But, I mean, I was 26, 27, very, very naive in business, generally. You know, I've been doing it a couple of years. You know, I had my own business, City Centre Leeds. I thought I was, you know, absolutely flying, brilliant. <laughs> but uh, clearly, that was not the case. Um, but, yeah, I saw all those positives and we joined forces. So we kind of... You know, merged our client base. Um, the person I went to business with had, you know, her, her, her clients of her own. I had my clients. The service that she was offering to her clients was complementary of the one we were offering to ours. So I thought, okay, it's another good fit. We can kind of grow the um, service offering, and you know, the stuff we're giving our clients at the moment, we can give to her client and vice versa, and, and all that sort of stuff. So we did that. We got an office together, and we, yeah, we spent about three and a half years in business together up to. Met March last year um, was when, when, when that came into, came into an end. I left the business. It was my choice entirely. Um, and, yeah, the, the reason being primarily that I wanted to kind of move a bit quicker, get back to being on my own, you know, being entirely in charge of my own decisions with, with the business. Um, and, and that's not to say I didn't learn a lot. You know, I learned a hell of a lot in those three years. Um, from a lot of people, but you know, a lot from my business partner as well. Um, what to do, what not to do, a heck of a lot. 
to the point where, you know, I came out of it as a 32-year-old lad having, you know, had a business partner in a digital agency in Leeds City Centre, which is quite difficult to A, start and B, keep hold of. Mm. Um, as we've discussed previously, there's a heck of a lot of digital companies in Leeds City Centre. And I think there was the other point about me not... It, <laughs> It was, it was a digital agency in the sense that we offered quite a few different services. And, and, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast up to now, then you'll know that really I started out in the web development world and the code, the coding side of life and design, not marketing. You know, I'm, not, I'm no marketing guy. I've learned about it over, over the years. But, you know, I, will, I would always refer you on to somebody like Jack Panasar Expand or another marketing agency if you were asking me for marketing advice. Um, <laughs> So I think it was also that feeling of just being, felt a bit uncomfortable, really, um, kind of running that, that kind of business, I guess. So, um, But what I had done kind of meticulously over those years was keep building and strengthening the relationship with my existing clients. Absolutely critical, obviously, to do that. But, um, you know, there's so many business owners that don't do that. They focus a lot of their time on constantly trying to get new clients without thinking about the ones I've already got and really loving them and looking after them and growing that. Because if you do that, the more you do that, the more they're going to buy from you, you know, different services, you know, renew things quicker, whatever it might be. Um, and that proved to be vital because I think, um, you know, any kind of business divorce, as it were, is, is, is never going to go completely plain sailing. So there were, there were difficulties with it. But the best part about it, undoubtedly, picking up the phone to those existing clients and saying this is what's happening and all of them saying absolutely no problem phil as long as you're still there crack on and there was a great feeling you know for those years of building it up and even though I one company at the start joined forces with somebody else to make another company kind of changed again to, to leave that business and they're still with me still with me now um so that was a very kind of humbling experience i think um that whole existing client thing um i don't know if anybody's ever read a book called oversubscribed by a guy called daniel Priestley. he's written a few books and i love you know the, the brilliant um and, it, and it's in oversubscribed that it talks a lot about existing clients and how you really really got to look after them spend more time what you know what can you do right now that your existing client is going to love um and there's lo- the, the answer is there's loads of things that you can be doing, but a lot of the people don't do it. So, um, and, and, and you say, you know, if, they, if the old adage they bought from you once, they bought five from you again. <coughs> and it's that's the whole point of the oversubscribe book, isn't it? It's like, okay, what's the yeah. what's the next thing? Let's get yeah. you excited about this, get you going through this, and then we've got something else coming up, and then this whole sort of journey of of a series of things rather than it just being I do A. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Genuinely, off the back of that book, I implemented, I've called it our client delight line in our accounting system. So, you know, you've got all your expenses are, I don't know, accountancy, marketing, office. We've got a client delight line now. So there's a budget that we actively spend on delighting clients regularly. Um, and it's great. And it's just such easy stuff, you know, bottle of wine. Box of brownies, whatever it is, thank you for this or whatever, just little things. And the love that comes back from them is brilliant. And the reason for that is, A, because it is a nice thing to do, but B, none of their other suppliers are doing that. <laughs> so you, as a supplier, you stand out like a sore thumb easily, in a sore thumb in a good way. Stand out really, really, really well. <laughs> sore thumb in a good way. Is that a good thing ever? Probably not. Um, but you get, you get what I'm saying, I guess, you know, it's... Yeah, it's an easy thing to do that you know you could implement immediately as a uh, in your business. Yeah. yeah, and as you say, it's just uh, just thinking about something and taking some small actions. That's all it is. It doesn't take yeah. a huge amount, does it? Um, no, it really doesn't. A thank you card can be you know can mean the world to your client just for saying I don't know. Maybe do it on a the anniversary of when they became a client a year after the, a year to the day after they became a client. Thank you so much for. You know, first year and working together, what so easy because no one else does it. So, yeah, oh, brilliant. So, I just want to, um, I just want to step back because I, I think there might be more yeah. in the um, the joint venture, the partnership 
uh, right. to pull out a little bit more. So, because your, your your coach had said beforehand not to get into it, um, but you lasted together for three years and you learned a load from it, and but obviously then separated. From, sounds like mm. the right reason, sort of thing. But was there yeah. more going on in there that you're? Well, I don't. Know, I don't want to. Obviously, we don't want to. Uh, it's not about personal attacks or getting into any gossip. No. Were, were the stresses building up in that? phase that were getting you yeah i think the catalyst for me definitely was um i actually went on holiday with a couple of mates we went to vietnam absolutely amazing we were there for about two weeks i think um and i distinctly remember coming back being on the way back from that holiday thinking to myself i don't want to go to work wow. and my mate one of my mates that i was with was thinking the same but he had a crappy little customer sales job so he had every right to feel like he didn't want to go back to work uh, sorry charlie um and but i thought to myself that's not right that's, you know i set out in business to do my own thing to have, you know to enjoy it um which is totally what you're all about andrew obviously and i came back thinking i don't, I'm not feeling it i don't want to go no. obviously i did because i had to um and yeah and that sort of set off a yeah, the thought process in my mind, really. I didn't do anything, you know, I didn't act upon it impulsively when I got back. That was probably the back end of 20, where are we now? Back end of 2017, that was. Yeah, kind of Christmas, November, December time. Um, so just, obviously, just, just check, so in the yeah. classical sense, essentially successful, business going well, central leads, yeah. recognised, yeah. building client base, doing well, but not enjoying it. Yeah. And what was it that was coming up for you? What, where was the enjoyment lacking? What were the frustrations, uh, stresses, or the bit? Because I felt like I'd kind of just got myself into a position where I had to do so much every single day just to keep the business going. Um, so... And, I, and I, didn't, I didn't enjoy that. I'm not saying I don't enjoy working. I love working hard. I'm up at six o'clock every morning working because I love it. But I wasn't loving it then in a sense that it, it was taking so, so much of my time constantly to keep things moving. Um, and it, and, it, and, it, and it, just didn't, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel good. I, I felt like um, I should have had more control over the structure, the, the, managing my time better. And this isn't me bashing my business partner or the people who work for me in any way because um, I try very much to take responsibility on myself as much as I possibly can. We've all met those blame, uh, live below the line kind of people that it's never their fault. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, and they're frustrating people to be around and to work with. So I, I do try as much as possible to take responsibility on myself. And, you know, a large part of the reason I was unhappy in that position was because of the way I'd handled things uh, and, and managed things over, over the course of those sort of two and a half, three years. So, um, and I think ultimately my partner would, would admit the same, that we were very different to our approach on lots and lots of things. Um, what we did enjoy very much doing together was going for a drink and having a laugh. <laughs> we did that quite a lot. Um, and we had some great times, brilliant times. But on a lot of other things that are critical to running a business, we were the total opposite. Now, I've also heard of business partners in positions where they're the total opposite, and it works perfectly. And it works perfectly because they are the total opposite. Um, I've got an Amazon shop in America with, with a mate of mine. And he is Mr. Finance, brilliant at numbers and finance. And I'm not the finance and numbers guy. I do the branding and the marketing side of it. Totally different skill sets, works beautifully. Um, but I think the difference in being in partnership with him and my previous business partner is I've known Ollie since I was that big. You know, I was four when I met Ollie. And I've known my business partner about eight months before we got into business together. So I think it's that level of understanding and trust and instinctiveness, I think, that um, is a totally different between the, 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 the two scenarios. So, yeah, there was a number of things really that kind of built up to make me feel not just not enjoying it. Uh, so, did you, so, did it feel like you were more like an employee than a 
Yes, very well put. Yeah, I couldn't put it better myself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like, yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't feel like a business owner. I mean, there were times where I did, right? So I was out, I don't know, looking for more strategic partners for the business or, or whatever, it, whatever it was that you know, business owners do. Um, yeah, I, I felt like, I felt like every day finished in a mental panic to get all my emails replied to and then back to, to clients just to feel like I could rest for an hour in the evening and get up and start again the next day. So, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was a position where I just didn't want to be. And I'm very, very ambitious. I know exactly what I want and where I want to get to in my life. And I knew 100% if I'd stayed where I was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got there when I, when I wanted. To. I might never have got there actually. So you you hit those moments in life where you, you've got to make those big decisions, I guess. Um, and absolutely no malice intended to the people that you're making the decision to. It's you're ultimately making it for yourself, and there's no need to fall out about it or get angry with each other or whatever. It's just a it's just a decision. Yeah, it's a tough one, and there's some challenging things to discuss to get through it. But ultimately, you know, it's, it's just a change of course and people move on and, you know, you do, and which we, which we both have. So. Yeah, and, and how long did it take you to, from that moment of realising that you were enjoying it, because it yeah. to then realising that it, you had to be out of the business and then actually leaving? What was the... So it, it was probably about... Oh, about three months probably after our first, after coming back from that holiday. It was about three months before I actually said anything. Um, and I am a bit of a one for just saying it and not, <laughs> not kind of, you know, let's talk about it. <laughs> um, but I obviously understand the importance of talking and, and opening up to each other, which I do very regularly with, with you know, my friends, for example. But and that was one of those situations where there was no talking around anyway. Like, the mind was made up, so. And we never feel like when your mind's made up, then. Correct. <laughs> I completely appreciate how frustrating that is for the people that receive the information. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. And yeah, it was, a, it was a hard thing to do. And obviously, business partner was, you know, quite in shock about it initially. And then, quite rightly, their focus turned immediately to, you know, how do we get the business through this? you know, through this time. So, um, yeah, that was uh, March 2018, I think. And then it was actually a year before I, I actually left the business. So it was, yeah, a long process. Um, and, yeah, culminated in me leaving, yeah, March last year. So 2019, March is when I actually Was, it, was that a kind of painful year? Stressful, challenging? Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very comfortably the most stressful part of my entire life would would have been January, February, March last year, twenty nineteen. No, no doubt about it. It was crazy, crazily stressful. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not about to go into the detail about it all, obviously, because it's not not the place to do that. Um, but for me personally, yes, it was just bonkersly stressful. Um, and there's ways that I cope with that, you know. I've, I've got extremely, extremely good and close friends and family. Um, I've got a brother that lives in Spain, so it's nice to nip out there and go and spend a bit of time in his swimming pool with his uh, villa in Spain, which is nice. And so those sorts of things kind of help me through the time. And and, and the lad that I'm in business with on in on, on Amazon is, yeah, can't thank him enough because he was a daily sounding board for me on the phone. He was ringing me to see how I was and I was ringing him every day to just talk to him about all of it, basically. And he was, yeah, unbelievably good uh, support for me during that time. So, um, and, 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 and again, and, and I totally appreciate you don't want to go into the detail of it, but I'm just trying to understand. But an element of, because you, you mentioned it about like, being a divorce, so I guess there's an element of, of some relationship going on. on. Yeah. There, as you're, as you're splitting apart, but also there's that element of just knowing you're in the wrong place and yeah. to be out, but you're still here, which I recognise from <laughs> my days trying to get out of my job. Um, there's nothing to do with the people around you, so I don't you know. Was there an element of that as well? I'm just trying to understand the difference. Yeah, the kind of frustration of having made the decision, but then facing another year of actually being in it. 
I guess is what is it is probably what you're trying to say. I think. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I didn't think it would take that long, uh, in all honesty. But again, self-reflection, take responsibility. I could have done it in a different way. Um, obviously, I took a lot of advice at the time, and there's, there's plenty of ways to exit a business that are different to the way that I did it. Um, but I very much went down the route of, okay, I trust my business partner. We're in agreement that we want to do it amicably, so let's work towards doing it amicably, basically, and not, you know, file for, um, what do they bloody call it? You can file for voluntary... Liquidation. Whatever, I can't remember what it's called. There's plenty of other ways to exit a business. Um, voluntary arrangement and all that sort of stuff. Really. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, they would have been the more catastrophic routes and potentially dangerous routes for existing clients to lose and you know all that sort of stuff so i thought well it's definitely better to do the let's do it amicably kind of route and i guess i just i guess i just thought it would have been wrapped up a bit faster than it was given that we agreed to do it amicably but yeah like i said there's, there's, there's no need to go into ultimate detail about it but yes it was a frustrating year because it was that point of real getting to that stage of making a decision telling somebody you know something quite difficult that you want to do having that immediate relief of like done it brilliant it's happening um you know i've changed i'm changing path and then spending another 12 months actually doing all the stuff i didn't want to do uh, in the first place so um, i hear about what you were then going to step into and not able to do so as as well as that. Say that again sorry were you, as you were going through that, were you clear about what your new business was going to look like and what you were stepping into? Yes. And yeah, I was unable to do so because of still extricating yourself. Yeah, so I couldn't do anything. Legally, couldn't do anything for um, well, the, the year that I was still in the business, clearly. And now we had a shareholders' agreement. There's various things in a shareholders' agreement, if it's written right, you know, to say what shareholders can and can't do. Uh, when they're still shareholders of the business or directors of the limited company. So, yeah, I couldn't do anything. Clearly, I did my own sort of planning and notes and research and all that sort of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, yes, I, I, I built up a pretty quickly built up a picture of what I wanted my new business to be um, over the course of that year of, of exiting the business um, and then have quite quickly sort of changed that, actually. <laughs> I guess the one thing I have stuck to is keeping it in the one niche of web development you know um or okay it's now website maintenance but obviously it's still web development related um and i think i'm realizing more and more as time goes on the value of having a really kind of specific niche um because you can be so targeted with your content the people that you're putting it in front of the stuff that you talk about um so, yeah, I've definitely stuck to that kind of plan in terms of what the business does. Um, but, I, yeah, I didn't have this kind of vision of, a, you know, of an app and this whole reseller model and all that sort of stuff. That came out of conversations with a couple of people that are close to me in business in Leeds over the course of the last 12 months. And then, yeah, sort of thinking, okay, it's different enough to have a go. Um, and I started out by doing my research, as, as we all should, with, with my existing client base, back to them again. Um, so, you know, genuinely asking them, what do they think about it? Because they've been a client of mine for five years or whatever. Um, what do you think about this idea of an app? What would you value? What do you like? What don't you like about the service we're giving you at the moment? You know, survey after survey, after meeting after meeting, to firstly nail down whether it sounds like a good thing to do or not. Um, and then obviously, Kind of just went from there with it really um you know looked at other examples online of companies doing a similar thing of which there aren't many which is great but there's some very very good examples GoDaddy have just bought a business that do it so you know if that isn't proof enough that it's a yeah an interesting line of work to be in then i don't know what is but um yeah so that was kind of sort of august september-ish time last year i guess um when i sort of sort of changed tacks to go right Glow is what we're going to create. It's going to be this app. This is why it's going to be so good. Here's all the research that proves it. Let's go and try and get some funding to build the app, <laughs> which was challenge number 587,000 in business. Um, because I, yeah, I had heard that there was a number of funding opportunities in Leeds and, you know, 
the Leeds City region as a whole, which encompasses a lot of places that aren't called Leeds. So I thought, well, you know, software, bingo, that's a tick in the box, surely. Very, you know, everything software these days, isn't it? Digital, yeah, there's loads of digital related funding. Brilliant, no problem here. Existing client base, decent turnover already, very profitable business model. They're definitely going to fund this. <laughs> and I didn't even need that, you know, I didn't need a huge amount of money because fortunately, one of my very good friends owns an app development company, a right. software development so, <laughs> company. I've got a pretty good deal, which is great. It's cost enough, but it's, a, it's an amazing deal. But still, who wouldn't want funding for it, even, even though it wasn't as much as it would be if you went somewhere else? And it was exceptionally difficult. I just couldn't get hold of it. There's a number of programs in Leeds that I'm not going to name, but I couldn't get, you know, we'll, we'll all have heard of them if anybody's tried to get funding. I just kept getting knocked back. Um, and I believe, you don't find out why? Well, I believe, I believe it's larger because it was a new thing. There was no kind of proof of the model, but my argument was, well, there's 40 clients that have been working with us for, clearly there's a demand for it, the, or the model's already there, just being packaged up differently, you know, in, in, a, in a kind of a, a more unique way, but no, they weren't having any of it. The, the, the closest I got was to a funding body um, being run kind of East Yorkshire way, and I think they probably would have funded it, but... It was like a three-month process. You had to go out to tender, massive application, and you had to spend 20 grand before they give you any funding. Um, and I don't need to spend 20 grand. <laughs> so it was, you know, it's just crazy. So, uh, yeah, it was difficult. So I've self-funded it all myself up to now, um, which also has been quite a challenge. Um, but... And kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm now in touch with some other people in the know in the whole finance and funding world in Leeds who are kind of a bit more confident now in that now it, it exists. Yeah. Clients there, blah, 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 probably more likely to get it. Because obviously with an app, we're constantly in it. If you can see the wall next to me here in my office at home, it is covered in sticky notes and drawings and, you know, notes about what we want to do with it going forward. So... We're constantly innovating on it, and but obviously to do that, we need investment, we need money to be able to continue developing. So hopefully, yeah, funding will come a little more easily now. Um, and um, as, as, yeah, and, and and just before launch, presumably you you, you beta tested it and actually sort of run it with yeah. people and got to show that it works and that kind of thing. Obviously, and yeah. now getting actual um, people using it in live. Yes, so I mean, yeah, an unbelievable amount of testing to 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 get it live. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's what we call a minimum viable product at the moment. So it effectively, if we want to add a new client on board or a reseller wants to add a new client, they can do that today, and we can maintain that website so it works. Um, but it is a minimum viable product, so you know, hasn't got all the bells and whistles yet, but they are coming. However, again, if I refer back to my wall next to me here, um, our you know the very heart of what we do is to deliver amazing support to our clients on their websites um, because your website represents your business 24-7. So it's got to look right and work well all the time and generate inquiries for you as well, right? So any marketing that you're spending... You don't want to be sending those people to a website that's slow or the links don't work or the menu's knackered on a mobile or whatever it is. Um, so at the very, very heart of what we do is to continue to deliver amazing support because it, all the bells and whistles in the world on the app don't mean a bloody thing if the support itself is crap. <laughs> uh, and we're all used to, I think we're all used to just mediocre, like bit rubbish support. And I don't just mean with your website. I mean, I've had a bloody nightmare with Virgin Media Internet in the last three or four weeks. You ring them up to try and get any support from them, and they were about an hour and a half on the waiting for them on the phone. An enormous organisation. How can you not just right now chat to somebody online or speak to somebody on the phone? Bonkers. So I think we're also trying to just, you know, make it a thing that actually... You should never be settling for that level of support. It should always be brilliant if you're paying somebody to look after something for you, like we are looking after your website. It should be brilliant. 
So we're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 10 o'clock at night, because if your website gets a bit into a bit of trouble on a Friday night, you don't want to wait till Monday morning before it's sorted out, do you? Particularly if it's, I don't know, a website that delivers a lot of inquiries for you or where you sell something on the website, so you're missing out on revenue over the weekend. And, you know, so all that kind of stuff is bang at the heart of what we do. Um, having said that, there's loads of bells and whistles coming as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's all the added stuff, isn't it? But... But I, I think just what, what you've laid out for anybody that listens to this and think, well, I'm not a web developer and I'm not into apps. Yeah. But actually, you've, you've set out beautifully any kind of business model launch, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, just to recap, you started off with something with an idea and a direction you wanted to, wanted to go in, but actually you were flexible enough to shift, but actually, it's, but it still maintained your core values. It still maintained your core principle so essentially it's the similar business but it's quite flexible within that space so you're moving around yeah. uh, coming up with an idea talking to people researching testing uh, making sure that it actually works until you can pull, pull something together that actually genuinely works at a, at a simple level start getting people to pay for something at a simple level which allows you to fund to bring the better stuff on and it doesn't matter what your product is you've just beautifully laid out <laughs> a great way of developing business model or a plan or a product you know yeah um and and, and i've learned I've, I've i've learned how to do that you know um through speaking to people that have been there and done that i can't remember what the book is called but there's somewhere someone said surround yourself with the people you know people that inspire you or people that have already achieved what you want to achieve and if you surround yourself with those sorts of people you're talking to them and learning from them constantly that's how you then are going to get to, to where they are now. Whatever that is, whatever your dream or vision is, above my computer here, there is a picture of Lake Como in Italy because me and me, and a mate of mine that I've got this Amazon shop with, we are going to spend a weekend there working on this e-commerce business when it takes off. And that's just a little dream of mine. It's on the wall, as is a logo that's kind of a future logo for, for, for Glow and stuff. And, having a group of companies and all that, but it's a vision. And, um, you know, you, you, you only kind of set your vision. It's completely personal to you, but instead of getting to it, for me, it's all about soaking up and learning as much as you can from people that have already kind of done it and achieved their vision, I guess. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's exciting times, um, but it's a fair journey, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I've been on and yeah setting out seven years ago I yeah I did not think it would be yeah I didn't think it would go how it's gone should I say but then yeah when does it ever go like you think it's going to go and again it's those are important points isn't it you, you, you go to a bank and a, in the old days for a loan application and they need five-year plans and all this kind of stuff you can't plan that far out <laughs> it's it's never going to be, you know, 12 months is about as good as you can go if you're lucky. It's going to be so many things that crop up. Yeah. Plans are better than meaningless. But it gives you yeah. a, a, a thought process and a... I think that's it. I think, yeah, I mean, just the marketing guy that's come on and joined us at Glow, he's, you know, we've had two meetings, three meetings so far, and he's already invaluable. <laughs> he's already proved exactly why I need him because I'm the kind of buzzing around like a madman here's what we want to do this is what we're going to do blah 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 here's the idea and he's like calm is <laughs> <laughs> how we're going to get there and it's just yeah it's, it's that people thing again isn't it it's, it's surrounding yourself with the right people at the right time to help you to help you achieve what you want to achieve i think so and that's uh, where you need those people with the different personalities and, and all the rest yeah. of because if everyone's yeah. like you, <laughs> it's going to be chaos. You need the... Precisely, yeah. Um, the, the key difference now, of course, is that he's not my business partner. He's... Yes. Um, so I do have that kind of... I sound like a bit of a control freak, but I'm not. I, I'm not. I just know what I'll... I kind of just know what I want, really. Um, and, yeah, I, I, it just... It, the night, absolute night and day... November 2017 versus May 2020. I can't tell you the, the difference. Been through plenty in between. Don't get me wrong, plenty in between. But the, yeah, just day after day, vindicated on what was one of the biggest decisions of my life, I guess. Because, you know, could still be sat there now, be running on that keyboard, just not really getting anywhere and not enjoying it.
I mean, as we sit now, you know, we don't know how these things are going to go. You put a lot of money in. There's, you're, you're probably, you don't need to go into your personal finance, but from what you said, you probably currently have less money than you did back then. A lot of risk, a lot of stress, but, but yeah. and getting a better buzz out of life. Yeah, de- de- absolutely, definitely. We never covered the, 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 the bit that I always look back to and, and laugh at, which is when I first got into business with my, with my business partner about what's coming up to four, uh, five years ago nearly. And I don't know how old was I? 27, 28, lead city centre business partner, a few big clients, Merck. And I was like, oh, made it. Made it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Close the book. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, obviously, all my traits, and oh, all my traits, oh, I'm a millionaire, but I'm doing pretty well. But, you know, it's a 27-year-old lad, so of course that kind of happens. You've got your own business in a city centre, great stuff. Um, but, boy, have I learned over, the, over those years since then. So, yeah, it, and it's not about that for me, you know, anymore at all. So and I, I think I've learned about myself a lot over those years, which is another very, very key thing, you know, what you really truly value in life, because... And everybody, every small business owner's answer to that will be different, but I think that hopefully is what drives you um, to to work hard in your business and grow your business is to you know love what you love doing and have the time to do that. Um, I think I mentioned earlier I wrote a blog post this morning and I finished it off with the whole freedom thing because you ask a business owner why they got into business, a lot of them will say, "Oh, I want, I want the freedom. I want the freedom." <laughs> and I can absolutely guarantee I said that myself when I started out. And then you quickly realise, hang on a minute, I've got a huge amount of free time here. Um, you know. <laughs> In fact, I've got a lot less than I used to have working for Ian. Um, but yeah, you know, in, at the time there, <clears throat> November 2017, when I came back from that holiday, I had very, very little free time in my business life and working life. Um, I've probably got about the same now, but the enjoyment factor is night and day, like I said, completely and utterly different. And Mark, um, what you're doing is stuff you choose to do, basically. You want to correct. do Yeah, that's so, that's so right. I'm choosing to do it, and I know that I'm focused on what I am. I'm very, very busy at the moment, but what everything that I'm doing is, to, is working towards achieving that goal. We're basically getting 100 resellers on board by March 2022. Now, that, that is everything at the moment so um it's a good practice to go through i guess if you have a vision or a goal um I read this somewhere else but i read a lot more now than I, than I used to as well i consume a lot of kind of business books and stuff um i can't remember who it was um but it was that kind of notion of sort of assessing everything that you do so i don't know you go into a networking later on today is that helpful towards achieving a uh, hundred resellers, or you know, whatever your goal is. I know it was. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't read that, bloody hell, read it. He is unbelievable. That guy. What a story. Yeah. You, I don't know if you have read it, but I've not read it. I've heard bits of his story, but he's incredibly clear and driven. Yeah, exactly. The the drive is just remarkable. So from, from like the age of four, 13, 14, it was like right. Uh, I'm going to move to America. I'm going to be a Mr. Universe bodybuilder. And 20 years later, he was. He was like the biggest movie star in the world. He was married to Maria Shriver or whatever. Mr. Universe bodybuilding king. Ended up being the governor of California or whatever it was. But he talks about kind of just insanely assessing everything as to whether it's going to achieve living in California and being Mr. Universe or not. If it's not, not doing it. Move on. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, he takes it to the extreme, but I think it's generally quite a good practice to maybe get into in your businesses, okay? At the end of every day, little journal, what did I do? And t- maybe put a tick against the things that you can honestly say will have helped towards achieving that, that goal that you've got set. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm trying to do at the moment. Kind of keep. Yeah. The, the, other, the other one's the Olympic rower. Um, and they had the philosophy in the Olympics, and it was, will it make the boat go, boat go faster? And right. What, what are we going to do? Will it make the boat go faster? Right, yes, let's do it. So they missed the opening ceremony, I think it was at Sydney. 
they didn't just the but they chose not to go to the ceremony because when the I think they had a race the next day or a couple of days after, and they said, if we go to the ceremony, will it make the boat go faster? No, we don't go. You know, quite when you get clear and focused, and you know, I'm always wary of the the Arnold Schwarzenegger type stories because you can get so driven i think there's probably something else behind there it's probably quite can be quite stressful if you're not careful if you get as you phrase it insanely driven yeah but when you get clear and you get it down to something as simple as will it make the boat go faster your decision making gets so much easier <laughs> should i guess this networking event is it going to help me well i went to it last time and i was just stood around talking it didn't really make me of interest well no it's not right i'm not going to go to that one that one i want you know and yeah, uh, yeah, t- totally. Agree. Yeah, but, it, but obviously, you've got to have the vision in the first place, haven't you? Yeah. The, only, the only other one I can remember was because I'm quite into his sport. A very famous rugby player called Johnny Wilkinson. Who, if you're anywhere near sport, then you'll have heard of Johnny Wilkinson. Basically, and of course, he won the World Cup for England in 2003. But he was known for being a brilliant kicker of the rugby ball. But you read his autobiography, and by God, did he put the time in? Because oh, yeah. after every single Newcastle training session. He stood behind with his car headlights pointed at the rugby post because it was dark, kicking ball after ball after ball from every possible position on the rugby pitch. And he'd do 50 in a row, and if he missed the 49th, he'd go back to start and start at number one. He's got to do 50 in a row. Unbelievable dedication to it. And like you say, there's, yeah, there's, there's people that are just, yeah, I think he's the one insanely dedicated to that. Um, yeah, but there's no kind of, secret to why they became so successful and so famous is because they bloody yeah yeah and 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 it's important to say you know it's not just a case of doing that it goes back to what you said before when you find the thing Mm. you love doing yeah yeah Yeah. suddenly it's not work (laughs) yeah and you know you don't mind kicking the ball 50 times over the post if that's the thing for you yeah um yeah. Not for me. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not going to start kicking a ball over a post. But, you know, you do what you're good at and then, then, yeah. then it comes and then, it, and then that, all that, all that uh, work ethic and the work discipline starts um, bearing fruit properly because yeah. you're in the right place. I think that's the other thing is, is the kind of being patient as well, right? Um, mm. We're in that world of everything is now instant, right? But, Success in your business is, is not going to, if you've started it today, it's not going to come tomorrow. It, you know, it does take years um, to build it and, and get to that point, whatever that point is that you want to reach to. It takes time. So I think, and I have one fan, I'm bloody impatient, bastard me, but you know, I, I need those people there to be, stay in the present, be patient, it'll come, just keep doing the right things. And again, that marketing guy that's come on board, brilliant for that, absolutely brilliant for that, already. Because I'm so kind of eager and come on, bloody do it. You know, he's uh, he's great, and so so I think yeah, definitely kind of be patient, but do the right things and consistently do them that 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 are um, you know focused towards achieving your goal, and you'll definitely get there. Brilliant. Okay, I'm conscious you got a, a, another call coming. No worries. Yeah. Um, one question for you, just uh, which I ask everybody, and uh, you alluded at the beginning, but. Um, for you, what makes your bits tingle? <laughs> um, I think, I think it's the it's the positivity that I get from spending time around other, other people, just because, being in other people's company of you know people that I like, basically. Um, obviously, um, yeah, love nothing more than that. So whether that's a few beers in the pub with my brothers because I don't see them very often, or you know, the, the many friends I've met through um, building my business in Leeds. Yeah, it's, it's spending time with them, learning from them, having a good time. Um, and if that's um, going to carry on for the next few years, then that, that'll do for me quite nicely. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Phil. If anybody wants to uh, find out about Glow or get in touch with you, what's the best way of uh, tracking you down? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn, search, obviously search Phil Story, they'll come up, uh, no problem. And then we've got a website, obviously, which is getglow.io. So if you go to getglow.io, all the information is there about, um, about our website. It's one of those weird new domain names, but yeah, um, quite a short one. I picked it because it, it, it rhymes as well, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getglow.io. 
We're on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Facebook. You probably actually won't find us if you do a Google search because the website's so new. So yeah, yeah. look for me on LinkedIn and you'll find out yeah, everything you know. Uh, but but take, particularly looking for um, digital marketers and people in that industry because you can work with them. Yeah, yeah. Good provide. point, yeah. So, yeah, marketing agencies are fantastic referrals for me. So if you are a marketing agency or you know somebody that has got a marketing agency, then they would be, yeah, fantastic new connections for me because, again, they were part of my research for Glow, you know, finding out if they would actually use something like that in their business. And You're, you're not really selling to them, it's them reselling it, so they're, they're making something. Is, yeah, because the, the marketing agencies, yeah, there's, there's no fee to a marketing agency to have a Glow account, it's completely free. Um, so they set up the account for their agency, brand it to their agency, and then they're selling the service to their clients. Um, yeah. But the only point they pay us um, is when they add a client of their own. But obviously, they've made that so. Yeah. yeah. So if you're uh, if you're a marketer or a digital marketer in that agency, then I definitely recommend you uh, give Phil's website a look and uh, and check him out. But um, Phil, thank you very much for that. That was uh, really interesting. Some great stuff in there. Some great points for uh, every business owner, I think. And uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks very much for your time, Andrew. That was great. These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up, and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it on the social media platforms and so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. <laughs>